Praise the Lord. I'm going to continue to talk about what I talked about last week. Last week was part one. This is part two, rooted and grounded in agape love, in agape love. I'm not much of a gardener or a farmer. As a matter of fact, I'm terrible at both. I have no experience at either. But uh, those that are uh, good at and experienced at it knows the importance of tilling the ground, putting in a lot of work, all the stuff that's important in order for whatever it is they're planting to be able to take root. So that it may bloom or grow and bear fruit. You know, and the things of God are no different in our hearts. Our heart, just like the fertile soil, needs to be tilled. It needs to be prepped. And the truths of God need to be planted in our hearts, the good soil of our hearts, for the purpose of blooming and bearing fruit in our lives to the benefit of others. Are you hearing me? Our walk with God, I know everybody says it's a personal thing. Yeah, it's personal, but it needs to be lived out publicly. It needs to be able to be relatable and to be able to reach those in the public sphere who don't know God like you know him. Our lights cannot shine privately. I said our lights can't shine privately. Right? And so we need to be willing to go into the highways and the byways, proclaiming the gospel and letting the light of his glorious life shine in and through us. Because there's people walking in darkness and they're looking for light. Where they're looking for it is a, car, is a cheap imitation that has no light, no life. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. And the love they're looking for is not love at all. We know what love is. Because love has made himself known to us. Are you hearing me? Love has made himself known to us. And I'm going to start, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13, also known as the love chapter. But I want to start in the final few verses of chapter 12. To really set the stage for that. So verses 27 to 31, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it reads, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. His body is gone. He's in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But his body is still here in us. We are his body. On earth, we're able to interrelate, we're able to relate to the community at large and the others in need of him. So you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. 
and I will show you a still more excellent way. I'm hollering, I will show you a more excellent way. Not that there's anything wrong. God gave all these gifts, prophecy, apostles, teachers, working of miracles, healing, helping, administrating. All these ought to be flowing and ought to be abundant in the body of Christ. But if all those things are happening without love, then we're doing something very wrong. We're not representing our Lord and Savior very well. So he says before he goes into 13, he, he ends 12 with the lead into 13, I will show you a still more excellent way. As great as all those things are, there's a more excellent way. How many of you want to walk with God in the more excellent way? We're going to work on hopefully getting all those hands up by the end of the service. Now, the one thing I'm blessed as a pastor of this church is, uh, you know, we have a wonderful body of believers at this church. Um, uh, Generous, but loving people. You guys love God and it shows in the way you love people. And that's how it ought to be, right? Right? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, uh, love, agape love, is not an emotion, it's not a feeling, it's an action. It's a chosen action. You choose to love someone, not for what they can give back to you, but, but, but you're loving them without an expectation. You're loving them because God has put it in your heart to be able to love them with the God kind of love, which is agape love. Let's go on to the first verse of chapter 13. We're going to roll into this more excellent way. And he says, if I, remember he named all those things at the end of chapter 12, and he goes in, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not what? Love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not what? But have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not what? Love. I gain nothing. And we're going to go into the next few verses that talks about what love is, but, you know, I want to talk about our motivation for a second. You know, we all want to be used of God. We all want to do things for the kingdom. And that's a good desire. We want, we want you to desire those gifts. We want you to desire to do it. But, but even more important and more excellent 
right, is that we're doing it with the love of God. Not, not just pride in doing it. We're doing it because it's the heart of God that these people experience the love of God. And a love that he wants to express to them through, through us. Are you hearing me? We're not passive. We're not sitting around. We're not just huddling amongst ourselves and, and cheering each other up. But, but we're, we're willing to take this love of God where it's needed. We're willing to take this love of God where it is not abundant, where it is not present, in the dark circles of the community that won't get it unless we take it to them. I'm, I am longing for the day when the love that is abundant in this place, it, it, we're going to start seeing, seeing the fruit of it because you're going to be going out there and you're going to be looking for ways you know, you're not going to see problems in the community. You're going to see opportunities in the community. Right? You're not going to necessarily just see people who need to be jailed or institutionalized. You're going to see people who need Jesus. You're going to see opportunities to present the gospel to lost sheep. You're going to be able to look at the masses like Jesus did, and he says they were like sheep with, without a shepherd. How many other people without the heart of God resident on the inside of them would look at that group of people through a different paradigm and see a list of different things? Not seeing people who were sheep in need of a shepherd, but just seeing people who are problems in society. People who are tough nuts to crack. People you don't want to have any interaction with because I, I've been with that kind of person enough to know that they ain't my kind of person. But we will look at them with the heart of Jesus and say, Lord, is there an opportunity here? Is there something you want me to do? Is there some way I can show your love to this person? I know in your goodness you're working in their hearts. Am I the one that's going to pour water on the seed that was already planted, or am I going to be the one to plant a seed? I want to be a part of this person's redemption story. Lord, I make myself available to you. I know you love that person. How can I love them with your love? Does that make sense to y'all? We should desire the gifts that we desire. But I, I, I would say over and above that, let's desire to, to, to walk in the love of God. More so than the gifts that we desire to walk in. So that when we do, when we are able to operate in those gifts, we're already rooted and grounded in the love of God and the outflowing of that gift right, speaks the message that it ought to speak. Speaks to the heart in the way that it ought to speak to the heart. Wins the soul the way it ought to win the soul. Are you hearing me today? 
So he's not, I mean, let's not, we're not looking at it as rankings like it's a college football poll or anything like that. This is just, this is a more excellent way. These gifts are needed, but there is something that overrides them that needs to be the thing, the force that is compelling us in the issuing of these gifts. What is love? What is agape? We're talking agape love, right? Agape love. The same love that God bestows upon us. The same love that compelled Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. The same love that compelled Jesus while in the pain and uh, the agony of dying on that cross to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The very people who are responsible for me being on this cross, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm praying for their forgiveness. And, I, and that challenges me, you know, as I struggle to forgive. People who have committed offenses to me that, uh, when compared to that, are not anywhere on that level. And yet, here, you want to know his love? The very people that hurt him. He's praying for their good. He's praying for their forgiveness. The very people that are killing him, he's praying for their forgiveness. And you know what else? While he was still on that cross and closer to death, there was two thieves mocking him. Both hung on their own crosses on either side. And after hours of mocking, one had a heart change. And asked a simple question, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus didn't have to think about it. He said, you'll be with me today in paradise. There was nothing that he asked in return. There was no smart aleck quip back. Oh, oh, we're done mocking now. No, I think I'll pass. Go where you've earned. Go to that place you've earned. No, he said, you'll be with me today in paradise. All I ask is that you turn your heart and surrender it to me. Humble yourself before me. What you did before you got here, forgiven. Isn't that awesome? His love. And if... I want to be careful the way I said it, but if you have nothing else going for you, But his love, you are doing all right. Amen? You may not be the the most eloquent speaker. You may not be the most handsome. You may not have a whole lot of gifts. You might wish you could sing. You might not be able to carry a tune. You might think of yourself in a list of can't do's. Your list of do's might be short. And you may think of yourself as someone who doesn't bring very much to the table. I tell you what, if you're rooted and grounded in the love of God, you, you, you got more going for you than the most talented person that doesn't know the love of God. So I'm telling you, this is where it's at. You know, we have an atmosphere. We have a church family here. We, you know, 
We value the presence of God. We love our God. And we love him so much, one, because he first loved us. But we love him so much that we want to walk in a manner that honors him and please him. And we want others to know this God that's been so good to us, that loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son, right? And people come here. And one of the things that is I consistently have the joy of hearing when people come here, they, that's the first, one of the first things they experience is people, how well they're greeted, how well they're treated, how much they identify with the love that is present in this place. And, and you are, could be commended for that. We have a nice building. We have nice facilities. We have a lot going for us. God has blessed us in this pandemic. But, but I tell you what, what we got going here, as far as the love of God, how we love one another and how we love others, what we got going here, we could have a shack of a church. And people experience what's going on in this place is still going to draw them. Because what they get here is real. What they get here meets them right where they're at. What they get here meets a need that they're not able to get out there in the world. And so God has blessed us, and we can be tremendously talented, and and if God calls you to the foreign mission field, we'll launch you out, we'll support you and everything. But wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, you need to be You need to be taking the love of God, be rooted and grounded in the love of God wherever you're at so that you can see people as he sees them. You can see needs that people who aren't rooted and grounded in love can't see. You can hear people express their hearts in a way that people who aren't rooted and grounded in love can't hear it. So I'm not speaking to this church body as a church body who doesn't know what this is about. Uh, one, it gives me an excuse to commend you in this. <laughs> but, but second, it gives me an opportunity to encourage you to grow all the more in it. Take it. Carry it forward. And, 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 really, and really let it be lived out in, in, in circles other than this church body, or the people who are the closest to you. Um, verse 4, we're going to go through this real quick. Love, let's look about, what, let's talk about what the God kind of love, the agape love is. Ooh, ouch. First thing it is, is patient. I don't know, I would ask for a show of hands of people who like to be patient, but isn't it interesting though that God put that first? One of the first things love tests, you know, one of the first things about love that's tested is our patience. Every parent will tell you that. Every spouse will tell you that. And that that should be a challenge to all of us. You know, the, the Greek word used for patience It's really a combination of two words, and it means long-tempered. 
You know, we have a slow-burning fuse. If that's, not, if that's not you, there's still hope for you. All right? Because, again, God works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's a work of God in us. Are you hearing me? But I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't uh, dwell there long. I just want to say love is patient. It is long-tempered. You're slow to anger. You're able to endure things without quick retaliation. So I feel it necessary to to really bring these things out, you know, because if you know what it is, then you know what you need to aspire to. If that's not you, don't sit in condemnation. Just say, okay, Lord, that's not me. Then choose, be, be intentional. Choose. Lord, I'm choosing that because you commanded me to love. Love is patient. I'm not patient. Okay, Lord, I'll choose to obey you in that. Help me walk it out. If you're not long-tempered, you're short-tempered, don't just say, hey, I am who I am. You got what you got. No, 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 no. Let's not be passive-aggressive. Let's not be defensive about it. Let's humble ourselves before God. Let's humble ourselves before the Word of God and say, Lord, I'm not a very patient person, but I'm not going to settle for that. I'm not going to accept it. Uh, The greatest commandment, I, I, I have a commitment to the great commandment, to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm going to choose to obey you here I'm going to make a choice to pursue patience that I might expand my capacity to love in an agape manner. You hearing me? Let's go on and say what it says next. Love is kind. It's useful. It's helpful. You see a need, you have a heart to meet a need. As a matter of fact, you seek out needs. You look for opportunities to meet, to meet those needs that you might be able to, 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 through your acts of kindness, be a vessel of God, of God's kindness to someone else. Look, let's go on. I said I wasn't going to dwell on these, but bring them out a little bit. It's patient. Love does not envy or boast. It's not envy or boast. Again, I'll go back to uh, Steve's uh, message that we're never going to forget, those of us who were there about the comparisonitis. Right? We don't... We're, we're not jealous or envious of what others have, right? And we're not arrogant or boastful or prideful to, um, you know, uh, uh, so prideful as to boast about what we have that others don't. It's not what love does. We don't get jealous. We don't desire other people's things. Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. You know, uh, what is jealousy? Jealousy is wanting what someone else has. 
is thinking about that person that they don't deserve to have that as much as you do. It, it puffs itself up. It, it, it is a, a kind of a self-righteous kind of pompous attitude, right? I'm, I'm better than that person. That person is not, not, not deserving of having that. I, I should have that. I, I'm the one, comparisonitis, I'm the one that should be enjoying that blessing, not someone else. Love does not seek its own. It's able to rejoice when others are uh, benefiting or being blessed. It doesn't see it as something that is gained through merit. I had a note here that jealousy seeks to pull others down or put them down. Bragging builds self up. Bible says that God resists the proud. Uh, let's go on. Love is not arrogant or rude. Hmm. Even if the other person was rude first, love is not rude. We don't we don't needlessly offend. We're courteous, we're polite, we act in a mannerable way. We are considerate of the feelings of others. in a way that we're not so when we are conducting ourselves uh, rudely. And usually we are rude. When we are being rude, we are more concerned with ourselves than others. It does not insist on its own way. Oh, my goodness. Mm. What are we going to do with that? Because we can't, unless we find another translation that doesn't have it in there. Love, love does not insist on its own way. Thank God that it doesn't. Agape doesn't insist on its own way, Right? Because we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' struggle, the flesh wanted one thing, the spirit wanted another. And Lord, if there is another way that this can be done, that this cup of suffering could pass from me, let it be. But what did he say? It's not my will. Let not my will, but yours be done. I'm not insisting on my own way. I am making an appeal to, to God. And I'm expressing what I would like. But Lord, I'm also surrendering to your will 
into your way. I'm not insisting on my way and then ask you to bless it. No, I want your will, even if your will includes in some way suffering for me, I want your will. Because I want to exemplify Christ. And this is, this is where Paul, when he said, I want to know him in the, in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. If, like Christ, I have to suffer to the benefit of many others, then, Lord, I'm willing to suffer that others might be blessed. Because I want to know my Savior in the fellowship of his sufferings. I don't just, you know, yes, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, but I also want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because I realize everything does not revolve around me. My way, getting my way, sometimes it's a great blessing that I didn't get my way. I didn't know it when I was insisting on it. And I was mad at God for not giving it to me. But when I saw what I was spared of, what I was spared from, I looked back and saw how well God loved me by not giving me what I was asking him for. Can we trust God in his judgment? Can we trust God in his wisdom that he knows what's best for us? And that can we trust him that if he says no to something, if he doesn't give us the desire of our heart in an area, can we trust that he loves, he did it because he loves us? And that he knows what's best for us. And I think we're just going to have to settle that issue. Lord, do I really want your will and your way in my life? Or am I really planning my own way and wanting my own way and just asking? And I'm just going to call on you whenever I think I need you to give me a little assist. If that's the attitude, we're not really loving him. And I, you know, I, I just, I just believe in putting it out there, right? If that's the attitude, then we're not really loving him. And, and the greatest commandment is to love him with everything that is within us, to love him. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I know I'm supposed to forgive, but God, all the stuff this person has done to me, I just, I, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You know, or you've got to choose to do it, though. You've got to choose. Is it more valuable? Is it more beneficial? Uh, 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 well, let me rephrase that. What, what do I want more? Do I want to sit here and wallow in unforgiveness and bitterness? What am I really gaining by that? Do I want to sit here or do I want to love God and let God lead me in the way everlasting? Do I want God's will in my life or do I want my will right now? And that's the choice. The emotions will try to complicate the choice, but the choice is simple. Am I going to obey God here or not? Am I going to love God, with all that is within me here in this situation or not, am I going to choose to love God as, uh, as it pertains to this person I'm in conflict with or am I not? 
And we can take what the person did out of the equation. Because I've said it before, much to my kids' chagrin, it doesn't matter. Regardless of what the other person did, it's still about you and your relationship with God and how you're going to choose to walk with him. Right? Whether it's easy or hard. Whether you've been treated well or whether you've been abused or mistreated. Right? And if someone offended you, you know, your flesh will say, I've been offended. Well, retaliate. I don't have to put up with that. They cannot get away with that. So you're going to offend back. Well, what are we choosing then? One, we're not loving them. And we might justify, well, they didn't love me. And the Bible says, treat others like you want yourself to be treated, so they must want to be treated that way. Show of hands, anybody's ever done? No, 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 no. But we'll twist it. You know, as though we'll find a way to give ourselves a pass to behave in some way other than what God commanded us to behave. And usually what we're doing is we're turning the target on the other person and using them as an excuse to make an end run around God's word of truth. It's their fault. If they weren't who they were, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have to do this. All the while, what does that say about the spirit of the living God that is residing on the inside of us? Right? Who is working in us to sanctify us, to, to give us the ability to walk in all truth, giving us the ability to live the Christian life. And he has the power and ability to do it, but he's not going to make us do it. We've got to choose. Are you hearing me? We've got to choose. We've got to choose love. It's like we had to choose salvation. We have to choose love. We have to choose to love God. We've got to be patient. We've got to be kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It, I'm just going to read it. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. What do we do with truth? Truth has to mean something to us. I was talking uh, to one of the sisters before service and uh, this subject came up about truth. You know, and, it, and it's a pet peeve of mine when people say, well, you know, tell people your truth, your truth. Your, I was like, no, 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 no. You can tell people your story, but there's one truth. Right? And and, and, and we're going to need to acknowledge that. What is truth? We need to be settled on that. Because it's the truth of God's word that is a lamp unto our feet. It's the truth of God's word that is a light unto our pathway. 
It is the truth of God's word that will set us free. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? The truth has to matter. And everybody just can't have their own truth. You can have your own story and your own circumstances, but that's going to have to be submitted to the truth of God's word. And wherever we're in bondage or wherever we are struggling and wherever we find ourselves in a dark place and, and, and we don't know the way out, I tell you what, if someone comes to you with truth, that, that, that's the light. All right, that's the light, and you need to head toward the light. And if you continue to head toward that light, you'll find your way free from that dark abyss that you're in. And we need to rejoice with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. It sounds impossible. Apart from God, it is. I mean, we, can we bear all things? Believe all things, hope all things, endure all things? I tell you what, we can, uh, we'll break these things up. Love bears all things. We can, God will not let more come upon us than we can bear. So if you're a child of God, and as hard as a struggle is for you, if you're in it, then you're able to bear it. And if I can give you this mental picture, you can bear it because you're not in it alone He's there yoked up with you, bearing the lion's share of the load. He will not let you be overwhelmed by it. He'll be a source of comfort, a source of peace for you, a source of healing and provision in the midst of that situation. And, and, and he will turn it for your good somehow, some way. Right? So, you can either bear up under something as uh, I'm talking as if you're the one personally affected by it. You can bear up under it. Or when we're talking loving others, you can bear them up. You can lift them up. You can cover them with your strength. They may be weak in the faith in that moment, but, but you who are strong can help lift them up and encourage them in the faith. This love is not just, you know, we, we personalize it. It's not just us in a bad situation, but it's also what we can be for others in the bad situation. And just because somebody else is bearing a load, right, doesn't mean you can't help them bear it. Does that make sense? Um, we don't want to be enablers, but we want to be 
able to help those who are, are bearing under extreme circumstances. Love believes all things. The way I interpret that is love is full of faith. I'm going to counsel you or encourage you according to truth. My faith in the word of God. My faith in the person of God. My faith God, uh, my faith in God in you, the hope of glory. You're able to, you're able to stand up under this. You're able to bear the assault of the enemy. You're able to rise above these circumstances and be what God has called you to be. It may not look like that now. It may not seem like that now, but here I am as a voice of exhortation and encouragement to you. And there, there come a time when you'll see it and I'm going to help you get to that point so but love is full of faith we don't forget that God has begun a good work in this person and God's going to complete that work it may be frustrating the heck out of me that they haven't got it yet but God is still at work I'm not going to get out of faith and begin to do my own thing to trying to help make up for what God ain't doing Because what I'm doing is I'm getting in the way of God's work and God's plan. And I'm probably doing more harm than good. So I'm going to stay full in faith reminding myself that God's still on the throne. This may be my child that I'm sweating about right now. But God is still on the throne. And I still need to take this care to him and let him speak to me and guide me as to if I need to do something right here. And if so, what? I need to do because I need to partner with what God is doing if I'm going to do anything at all. Right? So I'm going to stay full of faith in the God of my salvation. And love hopes all things. To me, that's you're optimistic. I, I, I think of the prodigal son's dad. It's like, boy, this young guy's going to foolishly waste all this. He has no clue what's waiting for him out there. But he insisted, and I'm going to give him his inheritance. And unless he gets a miraculous infusion of wisdom, he is going to crash and burn. But I have faith in my God. I have faith that he will not waste away and he will not perish in it, but that, but that he will come to himself. When the crash and burn happens, he will come to himself and he'll meet and meet God and acknowledge him and it will transform his life. And, and, and I will see him again and I will see the purpose of God fulfilled in his life, right? We don't succumb to fear and end up enabling them in their destructive situation. We continue to trust God and we believe the goodness of God will come to pass. Are you hearing me? We're able to maintain hope despite the anguish that we're feeling. And it endures all things. You know, uh, I, I read this, and so I just, to be honest with you, copied it and pasted it. So it uh, doesn't matter who it came from. It just, But love endures all things. It says the word endures is a military word meaning to sustain the assault of an enemy. It has the idea of holding up under trial, of perseverance in spite of difficulties. 
It means that love hangs in there. Love sticks it out. Having done all to stand, stand. Fully armored up in God. Fully armored up with the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, right? Sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And by all means, let's not forget that included in all that, that puts it all together, the glue that makes it all is praying in the spirit. Uh, let's let's begin to uh, uh, the, we're getting uh, let's just start to wind things down a little bit here. Uh, I would encourage you to continue to read and allow the Lord to really quicken in your heart what love, agape love, God's love is and isn't, and let that be what you're striving for to mature and grow. To be rooted and grounded in love is what that looks like. And in any way that you're exhibiting the characteristics that it says in here that love isn't, if you're rude, if you're ill-tempered, if you insist on your own way, well, God wants to deal with you there. And we need to just be honest and, and, and assess that and say, okay, God, hey, I'm doing by your grace, I'm doing real well in these areas, but I still have some areas I need to grow in. And take that to God and let God help you grow in it. Right? And so, uh, and, let's, and let's go on. Uh, finish out that chapter, verses 9 to 13. For we know, how far did I read before? For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three but the greatest of these is love. And I just want to say about this one thing, you know, again, okay, the greatest of these is love, all right? So it outranks the other two. And we're looking at things, and uh, let's, let's not get so rankings focused here. Because if the, you know, if one of them is the greatest, which one is the worst? I don't know. But I'd say let's look at it this way. Now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And as, as he started off, he said everything that we do has to be motivated with God's love, agape love. If we do anything apart from that, then we need to question our motives for doing it and, and make sure it's not some self-serving motive, but that we're doing this really for the benefit of others. And you know, when you love others, you're loving God. Jesus said, when you did this unto the least of these, 
you did it unto me. Right? So when we're loving others, we're loving him. But uh, I look at this and I see a connection. Faith, hope, love. You know, it is out of a faith, a faith walk with God. You can't have the agape love of God without first being in faith and having a faith relationship with God. One that is able to walk with God where we are now and have a hopeful expectation for that which is to come. We, we, we longingly look for his return. We look for the redemption that we have in him to be finally manifest because our redemption draws near. Their heaven is a real place and we will be there with him throughout eternity. But the faith that we have in Christ anchors us. The hope that we have in Christ anchors us and gives us the ability to love like God has called us to love. So let our faith and our hope drive us to mature in love that we might have something to offer those who are lost and bound in darkness and on their way to hell that they want to grab a hold to. You know, it's not just what you said. It's the heart from which you said it. It's not just an emotion or a feeling that you, you expressed. It's the action. You know, you, you, you came to me when no one else would. You endured my attitude when no one else was willing to put up with it. You lovingly shared truth with me. Hard truths that I needed to hear when no one was willing to take that risk. You knew I wouldn't come to church, so you came to me. Like the man dwelling in the tombs. And Jesus crossed the sea to get to the gathering tomb for the express purpose of meeting that man to set him free. And that man represents untold numbers of people in our society today that are waiting for someone who represents Jesus to cross whatever difficulty or trial that they have to cross to get to them with a message from the Lord that even that person who doesn't know him cannot deny that the Lord sent you. And I cannot wait for the day when we are having testimonies week after week after week, people coming up. (laughs) Talking about various members of this body 
you know, reaching out to them, sharing the love of God, and and and, and those people's lives, giving their lives to the Lord, <laughs> and they're coming in and they want to give testimony, right? That 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 Jesus has come into their lives and come into their hearts, and and they are not the same. They are a new creation in Him. Amen. And they're coming up here to get baptized. They're coming up here to start their new journey with God. And they started that journey because somebody was walking in agape, looking for opportunities to share the love of God, saw some opportunities, acted. And God had them ready to respond. You know, I, I I have more that will be a part three. Um, I really hope you're getting something out of this. Um, I think that uh, the the love of God is so important. There's a reason it's mentioned so many times in Scripture. The Apostle John mentioned it the most. In the New Testament. I believe that word, love, is 150 times mentioned in the New Testament alone. At least half of those are mentioned by John, but But why the emphasis? I get it. I get the emphasis on faith. Because without faith, we can't be saved, right? Is that right? By grace, through faith, are we saved. But you know what? Even more important, it didn't matter what, how much faith we could muster up without agape love, without the love of God, we, we, we would have no chance of getting saved. See, God's love came before our faith. It was God's love that caused him and drove him to make a way for us to be saved. Without his agape love, faith wouldn't make any difference. And I think we need to remind ourselves or inform ourselves of that, that that the agape love of God is preeminent. It started everything. It was his love that drove him to send his only begotten son to die for our sins while we were still sinners. It was his love that drove him to make the plan of salvation. His love. And that same love exists today. And and, and we really need to pursue and have a desire to really want to know that love, to grow in that love, so that we can perpetuate that love to a world that doesn't know it. That God loves you, loves you despite of who you are, right? Right? He loves you despite of what you are, all those things. You are dearly loved by him. 
Now, you can still go to hell despite how much he loves you, but that'll be your choice. Because he, out of his agape love, he already made the choice for you and for me. He made the choice. He chose us when he gave his son to be our atoning sacrifice for our sins. He chose, he committed to us. And all he's asking is for us to reciprocate that commitment. So if any of you are here and and wondering how could a loving God send somebody to hell, I just don't know how that can happen. No, 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 no. You know, the loving God sent his son to provide a way for you to be with him forever and for you not to go to hell. All right? What will you choose? Will you choose the salvation that he provides to you for a gift? Or will you choose hell? The choice is yours. But God's salvation is possible because of his great love for us. And that salvation is real and possible even today. And my prayer is that we allow God to really quicken that love in us to to such a degree. For us to grow in it. And let it compel us. to take Jesus with us wherever we go and let him live his love in us and through us in the community he's called us to serve in. I'm going to ask you to stand. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your agape love. Your love for us didn't start after we gave our hearts to you. Your love for us started while we were all still sinners. Even in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve fell, you chose us. You already chose that the Lamb of God would be slain before the foundations of the world. That's how much you love us. We all stand here in this glorious salvation that we have in Christ because of your great love for us. Father, help us to know that love even more than we already do. Help us to grow in that love that we might might know the height, depth, breadth, and width of it, Lord as much as we can but teach us to to grow and walk in that love in a way that will help us 
reach people who are considered by some to be unreachable. To love people who are considered by some to be unlovable. To win to Christ people who some thought were unreachable even by you. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful church body. How generous and loving how caring that they already are. And I am so grateful and privileged to be called to serve this wonderful body uh, as pastor of this church, Lord. And, and, and Lord, I just pray that there is a, that they're spurred on to greater heights uh, in their capacity to love with agape love and that they that you give them creative ways and open their eyes to needs that are in their various spheres of influence be it school, work, neighborhood, whatever uh, social media platforms uh, God you can even work in that that you will open their eyes to needs and give them creative ways to make inroads that will give them greater access to people for no other reason than to allow Jesus in them. Jesus, the life of Jesus, the love of Jesus to be lived in and through them. To the edification and benefit of others. May it all be done in your glory to the winning of many souls and the changing of many lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, 